You're listening to Cape Watch Radio with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through the book of Joshua. Call me sinners, poor, needy, and weak. He stands to save you now, full of pity and love, mighty power. He's willing and able, He calls you now. Look at the verse 2 words in verse 12. Or else. I don't like these words. Or else. That means something not too good is coming. That means I better take real heed to what's coming down the pike right at me. I need to listen to this. Joshua told them to keep themselves in the love of the Lord. He told them to be separate from the inhabitants if they couldn't and drive them out of the land that the Lord has given them or else. As Joshua gave his farewell address to the nation he'd led for decades, he encouraged the people and warned them of the consequences of not remaining faithful to the Lord. In today's message, Pastor Dave teaches us that when we compromise with the world as Israel did so many times, we will always reap a bitter harvest. Now here's Pastor Dave with part two of today's message, Farewell, Take Heed, from the book of Joshua, chapter 23. Christ on the cross said, it is finished. It's done, complete, teletestai. Done. It's over. Accept it, believe it. It's interesting that in verse six, Joshua repeats the charge that was actually given to him. Therefore, be very courageous. Be very courageous to do what? To keep to all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left. Basically, Joshua was saying, Israel, you will succeed. You will succeed if you are obedient to the word of God. You will succeed. Christians, you will be successful in your Christian walk if you are obedient to the word of God. When we're obedient to the word of God, we are successful in our Christian walk. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Jesus said, no one having put his hand to the plow looking back is fit for the kingdom. When they used to plow those days, they used to have, they used to, have to look for a landmark. If they had one on the land, they looked around. And if they saw a tree, they would keep that eye on the tree and they would plow. If they didn't, then they turn around, it would look like this because they couldn't tell where they were going. Well, we have someone who is standing before us. His name is Jesus Christ. And the scripture says, fix your eyes on him. Fix your eyes on Christ, who's the author and finisher of our faith. In our Christian life, we keep our eyes on him. He's in front of us. We're following. We never want to get ahead of him so that we can't take our eyes off him. In God's word, Jesus is made known to us. We know him through his word. We see him and we follow him. You want to be successful in the Christian life? Be obedient to what God says in his word. How do I do that? By knowing his word. By reading it, gleaning it, coming to studies, knowing what the Lord would have for you. And then he moves on in verse 7. He says, and lest you go among the nations, these who remain among you, you shall not make mention of their name or their gods, nor cause anyone to swear by them. You shall not serve them nor bow down to them. Joshua is saying, be separate. Stay away from them. Stay away from them. Don't go among them. Keep your eyes on the God through his word and don't go astray. 
Don't even mention the names of their gods, nor swear by them. Do not serve them. Don't bow down. Here, Joshua is just repeating the first commandment. No other gods before you. No graven images. Nothing. There, nothing comes between you and God. Nothing comes between you and God. What can keep me from these things? Look at verse 8. He says, But you shall hold fast to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. Hold fast to the Lord your God. Sometimes I think I'm holding on to his leg as he's walking. He's like, hey, come on. And I'm just holding on to him. I'm just holding on. I won't let go. And I feel like Mary at the tomb. When Mary Magdalene first saw him at the tomb, she wanted to grab him. She wanted to cling to him. And you're not going away from me anymore, man. That's what I feel like. The victorious Christian, we must learn this. So many of the things in the world are trying to steal our joy. So many things in the world are trying to get us to bow down before them. We bow down to these addictions, whether it be, be, be uh, drugs, alcohol, pornography, sex, gambling, you name it. You run the amount that we bow down to these things. Alternative lifestyles come in and they draw people away. So many people are being drawn into these alternative lifestyles. It's become a fad. It's become a fad. I mean, I remember being in Wildwood High School back in 2009, and there were two, two, uh, I overheard two freshman young ladies talking in my class, and one asked the other one, well, have you tried it with another girl? You mean you haven't tried it? Uh, you know, it's like, it's a fad. It's a fad. What are they thinking? This false teacher's rampant. False teachers are rampant these days, and, and they're leading us down, leading, not us, but leading certain people down a false path. And if you follow that path, you're going to be so surprised where you're going to end up. It's called apostasy. You're going to end up there, how did I get here? Well, you followed the wrong person. That's why I tell you, don't follow me. Do not follow me. Paul said it. John said it. I don't know if I can say it, but Paul and John said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's what they said. False religions. Wow, there's so many things out there. One man of you shall chase a thousand for the Lord, your God, is he who fights for you and promises you. See, right in the middle of that, he throws this encouragement. One of you is going to be able to chase down a thousand of them and get them out of your area because I'm with you. What strength we have in the Lord. What strength we have in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and the power of who? His might. Be strong in his power, in him. In verse 11, Joshua says, therefore, take careful heed to yourselves. Take careful heed. Now he starts on this admonishment. He starts on these warnings now. Take careful heed of yourselves. Take careful heed. Be careful now. Be very careful. What do you have to be careful of? That you love the Lord your God. This is the place of victory. Stay in the place where you're in love with the Lord your God. This is a place of victory. This is a place where the victorious Christian stays. How is this done? Well, it's done by studying the word of God. It's done through fellowshipping with other Christians. It's done in praying in the spirit. Praying utterances that can't be understood. Praying in the spirit is done by fixing our eyes on him who is able to keep you from falling. 
It's done by keeping my eyes on Christ, and I can't fall when my eyes are on Him. But when I remove my eyes from Him, when I take my eyes off of Him, and I start following my own path, I fall. I crash. He says, take heed. Take heed to love the Lord your God. Take heed to love Him. James says, keep yourselves unspotted from the world in James 1.27. Look at the verse 2 words in verse 12. Or else. I don't like these words. Or else. That means something not too good is coming. That means I better take real heed to what's coming down the pike right at me. I need to listen to this. Joshua told them to keep themselves in the love of the Lord. He told them to be separate from the inhabitants if they couldn't and drive them out of the land that the Lord has given them or else. Or else what? Read the rest of it. If indeed you do go back and cling to the remnant of these nations, these that remain among you and make marriages with them and go into them and they to you know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps to you and scourges on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord God has given you. How many of you have that on your refrigerator? That's on or else. Joshua says, take heed. Pay, pay attention. There are consequences if you don't do what God has asked you to do. There are consequences. The Lord's not going to drive out the nations from around you. The Lord's not going to drive them out. They're going to become snares and traps. And here you get that, that Psalm 91 picture of the fowler setting snares and setting traps and, and capturing you in a trap or in a snare. There'll be scourges to you. You know what scourging is? Scourging is whipping. They scourge Jesus with a cat of nine tails. They whip them unmercifully. There'll be thorns in your eyes, snares and traps and scourges. It almost sounds like lions and tigers and bears. There'll be things that we don't want in our lives. This will all be with you until you perish. See, that little innocent thing in the world that you're allowing in your life today will eventually become a snare and a trap to you tomorrow. Israel was saying, well, you know, we're going to, they're here, they're people. We're just going to fellowship with them, you know, and hey, maybe I'll give my son to their daughter and maybe they'll give their daughter to him. The Lord is saying, no, no. That little thing you think is so innocent, like flirting with other women instead of your wife, sneaking a peek at porn every now and then, these little innocent things. Oh, who am I hurting? Who would it hurt? You don't understand how that starts to build up in your life. Watching and playing those war games on PlayStation with all their violence and all their death. You don't think that takes a toll on your psyche? The innocent glass of wine at lunch. And that little happy hour after work. And after all, you deserve it. So innocent. I can handle it. See, everything starts innocently. Everything starts so innocent. And then the next thing you know, you're separated from God. The enemy has you right where he wants you, separated from God. And you're scratching your head going, how did I get here? How did I end up in this spot? It's called compromise. It's called compromise. We compromise our beliefs just for a moment. And that's where it starts. 
The temptation you indulge in today that seems so innocent. I'm just being friendly to this woman. I'm just teasing her. Oh, harmless flirting, you know, ha, ha, ha. When you're not married, man, you might as well be looking down the barrel of a loaded shotgun. The compromising Christian is not a happy Christian. He's not a happy person. They're most miserable. One foothold that would eventually bring you to a scourge, a whipping. Unfortunately, we never see these ungodly influences in our lives until it's too late. We never see them until it's, I can handle this. It's all right, brother. I got it. You haven't talked to somebody. It's all right, bro. I got it, man. I got it. I'm cool. We must take heed. We must take heed. We must take heed. This is an admonishment, a warning that Joshua is putting to the people of Israel. And it's an admonishment that I, as pastor of Calvary Chapel, came, I am now giving to you the flock that God has given me to take care of. I'm giving you this admonishment. Take heed. Don't allow certain things into your life that seem so innocent, but in the long run will be disastrous. Take heed, Christian. Take heed. As we finish up this chapter, Joshua says, Behold, this day I'm going to the way of the earth. And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. Joshua, even as he's admonishing his people, even as he's admonishing them and telling them to be careful and telling them to be wise, still reverts to God's faithfulness because he doesn't want them to put their eyes on the bad things that could happen. Let's put our eyes on the good thing that has happened. Let's put our eyes on the good thing that God has done for us, that wonderful thing that God has done to us. He said, I'm going by the way of the earth. It was his way of saying, I'm going to die. Every man since Adam, every single man since Adam, save two, have gone the way of the earth, including our beloved Savior, Jesus Christ. The only two that haven't died was Enoch and Elijah. Everyone else has gone the way of the earth. Joshua repeats God's faithfulness. You know in your hearts that God has been faithful, man. And that is the place where you want to know about God's faithfulness in your heart. When your heart is bursting with the faithfulness of God, it can't be contained. You want to run up to somebody and say, hey, I want to tell you how faithful God's been to me. I want to tell you what he's done for me. It's uncontainable. You see it in her eyes. You see it. I can imagine Joshua standing there watching the people coming through the Jordan River. It was part of how he was probably standing there praising God. They saw it when the walls of Jericho fell. Imagine this. You can imagine walking around the build, walking around the thing for seven times. I wonder how many of them were muttering, what in the heck are we doing? This is crazy. I've never heard anything I liked about this. He's supposed to be a great warrior, and we're walking in back of the band, no less. Come on. But they saw the victory. They saw victory after victory after victory after victory. How can you part from that, Joshua was saying? How can you part from that? But... I live in a world that says, what have you done for me lately? I live in a world that says, what have you done for me lately? All those people who followed Jesus, what have you done for me lately? All those people that Jesus fed, 
on the mountains. All those people that he healed, all those people that constantly followed him. What have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately, Lord? Oh, adulterous and sinful generation. Those who seek a sign, there'll be only one sign, the sign of Jonah. There's only one sign, the resurrection of Christ. If there's one thing I want you to take from these studies in Joshua, take this. God is ever faithful. God will ever be faithful. God was faithful, is faithful, will ever be faithful. Please take that. God will accomplish everything in your life that is in his purpose to accomplish. He will accomplish everything in your life. He will not take you home to be with him until that which he said he would accomplish in your life is finished. He will accomplish everything in your life. And don't take my word for it. Take his. Take his word for it. In verse 15, he said, therefore, if you forget your God, if you do these things, as he has said, the consequences for being unfaithful, oh my gosh, therefore, here comes a therefore, we got to know what it's there for. It shall come to pass that as all the good things have come upon you, which the Lord your God promised you, so the Lord will bring you all harmful things until he has destroyed you from this good land and the Lord your God has given you. When you have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and have gone and served other gods and bowed down before them, then the anger of the Lord will burn against you and you shall perish quickly from the good land which he has given you. Get the Lord God, bad things will happen to you. Things won't be good. Things will not be good in your life. There are consequences for being unfaithful. There are consequences. See, this entire chapter speaks of apostasy. We have to be ever careful because of the apostasy that lies in our heart. Jeremiah say the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who could know it? There's the apostasy that lies in our heart. Our heart is deceitfully wicked. We have to be careful to allow this coldness that builds in our heart. We must be careful of things like prayerlessness. We must be careful to not, not to stop praying. We can't stop praying. We have to be careful. We have to be ever conscious of our carelessness in our walk with God, becoming glib or proud. We have to be careful in our walk. We must be aware when we give neglect to God's word. There's a danger of apostasy every day in our lives, especially now and today. As things rage around us, as things happen to such a fast pace, everything's happening. There's such a chance for apostasy, and apostasy begins in our hearts. And it's the same lie. It's the same lie, people. It's the exact same lie as it was back in Genesis 2. Has God really said? Has God really said this? Can you really trust in this God? Well, we've just spent six months studying the faithfulness of God. Six months studying his faithfulness. Did you actually think as we grew older, the battles would get easier? Did you think we would no longer be tempted once we accepted the Lord? No, far from it. The battles are going to intensify as we get older. And there's danger of apostasy in every single step we make. Because why? Because the path to the gate is narrow. The path to the gate is narrow. Wide is the way that leads where? Destruction. 
The path is narrow that we're going to walk on. I fear apostasy for the church, our church. I never want us to be cold and calculating. I never want us to be prayerlessness. I never want us to, to lose our passion for the lost. I never want us to lose our passion for God. I don't want us to trust in anything, in any other leadership than the Lord Jesus Christ through the power of his Holy Spirit. I don't want us trusting in anything else but him. I never want us to act like we've been defeated because we haven't. We've been victorious because we're more than conquerors. And although there may be discomfort, there may be pain, we will press onward and press forward to the high calling of Jesus Christ. We're going to move and constantly look to him, our God, because he's coming one day. The trumpet's going to sound and we will be taken home in glory. And if we sin, we need to confess it and repent. If we've fallen, we must allow him to restore us, him to pick us up and brush us off. But we cannot allow the enemy to get a foothold, not even in this church. We cannot allow the enemy to get one foothold. We will not be scourged. We will not be disgraced. We will continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. We will continue steadfastly in the word of God. We will continue to steadfastly pray in fellowship through the Holy Spirit and the koinonia of fellowship and the breaking of bread. We will continue to do that. We believe the Bible to be the inerrant, infallible, pure word of God. And we will continue to teach it word by word, line upon line, verse upon verse, so that we can have God's entire counsel. We will not be moved from the vision that God has given us and the vision he has shown us because he is ever faithful. Joshua said, take heed that the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul, with all your mind, with everything you are, love the Lord your God. Serve him with gladness. Want him at every angle. Want him to be involved in every part of your life. He should not be left out of any single part of your life. He should be a part of it. And we won't compromise because we are victorious Christians. We will not compromise individually or as a church. We will not compromise the word of God. That's what he's given us. And that's what I think Joshua is telling to these Israelites. But sadly, they didn't do it. Sadly, they didn't do it. And as you read the entire rest of the Old Testament, time and time and time and time and time again, they fell. God had to send judges in to save them. He eventually sent kings. He eventually sent King Saul and King David. He sent all these other people. They fell. God had to discipline them. And we've been studying in the book of Romans that because of their fall, we've been now grafted in. We, the Gentiles, have come to faith in Jesus Christ because of Israel's fall. But God's not through with them. God will once again call their name. God will once again call the name of Israel. And he will deal with them for one last time, for one last seven years. It's called the Great Tribulation. God will deal with them. And we will learn that they will be saved. Because they are God's people. But as for you, as for me, our charge is going to continue and follow the Lord. God tells us in Joshua 1.9 to be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What encouragement that is. God is with us wherever we go, just as he was with his people the Israelites on their journey into the promised land. Do you know the love and strength the Lord can give you? If you haven't yet discovered the power of a personal relationship with Jesus, we'd like to tell you more. Please give us a call at 609 609- 609 
888-884-5821. And we'll be happy to introduce you to the one who will change your life forever. You can also send us an email at info at capewatchradio.com. That's info at capewatchradio.com. We'd also like to invite you to get involved in a church community to help fuel your passion for Jesus and support you on this journey. If you are in the Cape May, New Jersey area, why not come by Calvary Chapel, Cape May? We'd love to have you join us for our time of fellowship, worship, and Bible study with Pastor Dave. We gather together every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. You'll find our address and driving directions by visiting our website at capewatchradio.com or by giving us a call at 609-884-5821. We're so glad you tuned in to Cape Watch Radio. Pastor Dave will continue walking verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Joshua. When you join us next time, may God bless you today and always.